wasn't expecting Formula E to sound like that, but welcome to the London E-Prix. There's a drum band welcoming everybody in. Uh, we've come here on public transport. I'm here with my son, Tycho, uh, who came to the very first London E-Prix with me back in, I think, 2015. And uh, it's at Excel. And part of the circuit is inside the XL Exhibition Centre. You know this. Drive around the outside and drive through it, which you can do with electric cars. And I have to say, as we came in, we walked over a bridge that crosses part of the circuit and the cars were out for practice. And they sounded amazing. They sounded space age. It's pretty good, pretty good. But I'm just gathering with uh, some people who've invited us here today. So we're gonna go and talk to some of the people from ABB, the sponsors of Formula E, and talk about the uh, support that they're giving, the electrification of not just motorsport, but of all transports in the UK and all over the world. Before seeing the cars on track, myself and a number of other journalists had a chance to sit down and have a chat with Oliver Johnson. He's the UK lead at ABB E-Mobility. He told us a little bit about the firm, what they do, and how they became the title sponsor of Formula E. So the overall business is over 100 years old, employs about 105,000 people globally. It's a massive industrial company. We've got four major business divisions and we've got about 19 subdivisions under that. And most of that's all related to essentially coming up with technology which enables a low carbon economy. So we're looking to move equipment around using robotics, using smart electronics, using smart motors, using lots of different tech to basically enable that. And then as an aside of that, we invested in the EV charging business which then has grown significantly over the last 10 years since ABB invested in that. And then that's where we kind of come all the way in terms of that process. In the UK, we have uh, around about 2,000 employees. So I think we've got uh, 13 different offices in the UK. In London, Holborn, and we've got a big office there which is mainly looking at building decarbonisation. So smart building control, so the switches, the air conditioning, the lights, all completely automated. We've got robotics in the UK in Milton Keynes. Our HQ offices in Warrington. We just won a big project with Warrington Bus for 100 buses, electrified buses in Warrington. It's part of a local initiative we did with the local engagement there with the community as well. We've got Bexley Heath, the first UK double-decker pentagraph bus charge. You want to go and see that? It's only seven miles down the road. We don't generally put electric vehicle charging on the street. We sell our equipment to charge point operators or bus fleets or car fleets. They put those out into the street for the public to use. So we've got around about 2,000 like high power chargers out in the networks through various people. We've got people like Shell, BP, GridServe, Lidl. You know, you go to these supermarkets, you find them in the car park. They haven't got ABB logos on them. But they're ADB, basically DNA underneath, and they've been white labelled by us. In the UK today, you probably have approximately 50,000 chargers in the ground, some of which are just slow AC chargers, so overnight charging your car where you're putting maybe 100 or 200 miles in your car over a longer period of time, or maybe 100 miles in, say, four hours. And generally, you want to charge your cars when you're doing something else. So, so I like to charge my car when I'm doing something else. So it's, like it's not I'm not sitting there waiting for my car to charge. I'm either sleeping or gone to you know the cafe or gone to use the toilets in a service station, and my car's then charging. So I think the current situation with the equipment and it out there is like fifty thousand, and the, the the projection is of something or the stats say we need something like three hundred thousand. Does anybody agree with that number? Is that the, the number that's banded around that we need? So um, we're sort of one sixth on that journey sort of thing in terms of what I would call the difference in charging with conventional or fueling a bit conventional vehicle versus electric is you leave home with maybe 150 250 miles in your vehicle if you're lucky to be able to charge overnight either on your street or on your drive or somewhere that you can charge your car so it's a very different journey experience so if you want to do just conventional charging like that and you don't really use your car that much probably never going to plug in anywhere else you might plug in at a restaurant or somewhere and a lot of people are putting charging into supermarkets into your local car park there's like three or four around me now the pub car park's got you can go and get a cup of coffee and charge your car for 10 minutes it's a great way of doing it 
and, and I think that will evolve you get more of this what we call destination charging so you're at a destination you're at a shopping mall or somewhere else and I think that will continue to grow and just looking at last year from the year before if you look at that part of the market that the number of those bits of kit has doubled and if you look at ultra high power rapid charging so if you look at say motorway service stations around the motorway we, we had a legacy of Ecotricity, I think everyone, you know, every journalist hated Ecotricity's network, which was actually at the time remarkable that they did that network because that was really sort of enabled the thing to work ish. But that's all been ripped out now, that's all been replaced, and now some other large venture capital companies are now building this proper network. The government's saying six big charges on most of these networks. But the private sector is already outstripping the government legislation. People look like Exeter Services now, they've put 25 Tesla charges there there's 25 grid surf charges there National Grid have done a special project to put a rapid deployment big transformer there to power all this stuff it's like the size of a small town the amount of energy you need to do this but all these enablers come. So it's, it's a massive difference from where it was and where it's got to go and I think you'll see the high power charges on the motorway network will again double again this year probably so again you'll see you go on I don't know does anybody travel around the motorways and use the car drivers Okay. So you must have noticed the massive difference on the fact there are actually some decent charges available in lots of locations. And it becomes a functional thing. There's a million cars now, and projection by 2030, if you look at, they possibly take some of the 30 million cars off the road, is my personal opinion, because people are getting to sharing vehicles and will have devolution of transportation in some format as in passenger car. So I think that will dramatically change the composition so if we say there's 10 million cars we've got a million now so we're going to have 10 times more EVs on the road at that stage and probably a good percentage of that I think the third is related to what I would call light commercial vehicles like if you go around the motorways in the UK you probably notice every other car is a white van or some sort of commercial vehicle that's a key part of decarbonisation it must be a great time to be ABB at the moment because Every two or three years, we're seeing radical change to the infrastructure that supports electric car charging. That means every two or three years, your company has to re-deliver the new ideas and turn them around very quickly. How do you do it? With any new technology or newest technology, I think we talk about the transfer from the track to the, the high street being about three or four years or five years probably in a vehicle evolution time frame. So I think from our technology point of view, we're always trying to, again, do more with less. And I think that's something you always try to make something um, with less material content, use less electricity, be more efficient. And also from a user point of view, we're trying to work with people to make that kind of plug in the car experience more and more simple. Today, again, from the EV drivers to today, the, the standard is just a contactless debit card or credit card. I think that's recognised as an easy win for lots of people, and the government's legislated that as well. In the future, very shortly, you'll start finding a bit more like the Tesla experience, where the charging network recognises your car as soon as you plug it in, and, and then the system then starts the charging automatically. So you don't have to get around, get your car out, it's raining, you just get out, plug it in runoff and it just takes care of itself and your app tells you you're charging type thing so I think that the contact point for the equipment is where we spend a lot of money looking at then how that will work in the future and we've invested in some specialist companies like Switch in London with specialists in the communication protocols and the certification of your car so your car almost becomes like a credit card it's got a specific valued certificate that when you plug it in it goes to the back end it goes off checks in the cloud somewhere you've got a valid token to pay for your charge session and then it instigates the charge session but that's actually to have that all happen real time is quite a complex system it's standardized in the standard called 1511.8 and then to implement it you have to have the banks involved you whoever you're doing you have to issue the certificate it's quite a complex fiscal sort of project so that's where a lot of focus is going and uh, efficiency improvements and user improvements and again we get beaten up a lot of times we go oh well you're a bit more yes in our equipment sometimes it's considered to be slightly expensive and then I say that's fine but come and have a look at our office in Milton Keynes because the charger outside is 10 years old it's still delivering energy it's still serviceable we can still supply spare parts we can upgrade it 
it's got an element of longevity built into it that's going to last 10 years. And when you're talking a commercial asset that's on the street, you need something that's robust. You're not active in hydrogen as a means of energy storage. You specialise in batteries, don't you? Do you do gravity stuff? Well, how else do you store? We are involved in various energy storage projects. In the UK, we've got one project we did with Statcraft in Liverpool, which is actually a rotating mass, and that's to improve the where you've got lots of... A flywheel. So, yeah, flywheel. Yeah, yeah. flywheel. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a rotating mass flywheel system. So it's a form of energy storage. But that's, I think it's like 150 megajoules of stored energy. And that's designed so if you get a big solar park, say 50 megawatt solar park, when the sun's out, there's 50 megawatts of energy coming into the grid. You get a cloud, it drops to a megawatt like that. And so the grid's got to take up this energy. So one of the ways of doing that is to have a big rotating mass creating stability for the ground. So we do lots of things related to grid stability. Battery energy storage, we're involved in some large projects with Vince again, actually, with some large projects where we've done wind farm, battery energy storage. In terms of manufacturing batteries or other technology, we don't get involved directly in manufacturing batteries. We use them as a, as a medium. The introduction of solid-state batteries in cars is going to put extra pressure on energy delivery. The Formula E chargers here charge at, what, 150 kilowatts, is that right? Yeah. With solid-state batteries, which is, what, we're at five, ten years away yeah. from that now, you can dump it as much as you can deliver. Yeah. yeah. So, Are you working on that? How do you do that? Do you chill the connector? Yeah, you do You do that anyway on commercial vehicles. You chill the connector, and even some of the car OEMs would chill the connectors to the point where it mates into the car. We chill the cable. Go and look at the girls on track charger. That's got a 500 amp, 1,000 volt cable on it, and it's only got conductors the size of this because it's also got a bio-oil type situation cooling the cable. So all those technologies there, all those things are being investigated and looked under and uh, top secret so yeah <laughs> you won't get too much about me on it um, but certainly and obviously when you start getting large batteries that have got almost like physics similar to capacitors then you get into capacitive charging to dump energy quickly so there's another way of doing it at some point you have to say what's the point in doing this this fast because where are you trying to get to so i think there's some again use case dependent okay the race cars might want to go like that because it's a pit stop but for you and me, I don't care. I, I wake up every morning, my car's full of electricity. I've got 200 miles in my car. I really don't care how fast it is. When I'm trying to get somewhere, I can still fill my car at 150 kilowatts. And by the time it takes me to go to the bathroom, get a coffee, come back to my car, it's 15 minutes. I've stuck 130 miles in my car. So going super fast is possibly creating inefficiencies, you're stressing components. So again, it's a bit like having the, a bit more of a holistic view about you know, what is sensible, which means we're saving energy, we're not generating too much heat, so we're doing the transfer. So I think yeah, all those technologies will evolve, but I think they need to be fit for purpose as well. That's the sound of a DLR train, driverless electric vehicle running alongside the London E-Prix XL circuit, which is around and inside XL. I'm standing outside on a balcony at the moment. The cars have just finished the first part of the qualifying session. And hearing the cars out here with no commentary to interrupt it, you get a good idea of what Formula E cars sound like. sound of cars on their warm-up lap not quite at full throttle but you can hear the vortices leaving the aero of the car and you can hear the drivetrain and the whistle that they make it's it's quite intoxicating being outdoors i can't wait to hear it when we go indoors but let's just hear them go around at pace now they how long is a lap here Tycho? do we know it's got to be 130 or something it's not it? even too short to be honest i haven't yeah. had a look on the, the yeah. scoreboard yet the... it's a two 
kilometre, just shy of two kilometre circuit. Here we go. Listen. Oh, no, it's a DLR. <laughs> Rather more sedate than a Formula E car. Here we go. Yip, it said. Hear that? Yip. That was uh, one of the Neo cars going past. That yelp that they make when they go straight past us here. I'm wondering what that sound actually is. If it's just an echo of something reverberating on the circuit or is it the car itself? Curious sound. It goes yip, yip. Here we go again. Hear them in the distance. That whistle. They go DLR and Formula E at the same time. Yeah, they're winding the pace up now. Right, we're going to go inside and listen to them from the grandstand. Welcome to the grandstand. We're in grandstand four by the final turn onto the start-finish straight. And you can hear the, the buzz. There's uh, plenty of people here. The grandstands are packed as far as I can see down the entire length of the start-finish straight as the cars are just leaving the pit lane and doing their warm-up lap we should see uh, is this Rennie Rast in is this the, the DS I'm no authority on Formula E I can see a Jaguar getting ready to come out so right now we're waiting um, for the quarterfinals I believe of the one-shot qualifying system that they've got for Formula E and we've got Stoffel Van Dorn versus Mitch Evans yeah uh, they've let the public uh, or the crowd do a vote it seems on the screen and it thinks that 85% of the public think that Mitch is going to outclass Stoffel Van Dorn the former F1 disappointment oh that's unfair he was great in F2 we liked him but he didn't last yeah yeah but yeah welcome everybody for just tuning in to Gareth Jones on Speed and uh, yeah we're here for the Formula E I, I think it's Tycho Jones on Speed today doing a better job than me brother if you're listening uh, here's Tycho Jones and Gareth Jones <laughs> we're in the grandstand and uh, the atmosphere is electric <laughs> you had to say that it's actually quite a buzz the cars look magnificent and they are quick these days the Gen 3 cars are proper quick add that to the close proximity that you get with Formula E with it being indoors and it does look spectacular and of course you got to thank ABB for thank you, uh, bringing us here today yeah um, top work yeah, great technology. Here we go. That's, that's Stoff in the McLaren. Outside, we're watching on the screen. There are plenty of screens around at the moment. As he dives... Who are you rooting for uh, in this matchup, Gareth? Well, I Stoff. Definitely Stoff. Yeah, definitely the underdog. Definitely yeah. Stoff and Van Dorn. Here we go. 
I believe that was Mitch Evans. Yeah, Mitch. He's pretty turned out to be pretty handy. And here we go. That's quite a scream, isn't it? You can hear the tyres fighting for grip around the corner because they run these fairly hard handcuff tyres, which are grooved, which means they can run in the wet or the dry. That's it. Those are your tyres. Mitch Evans got stuff there. Yeah, he got him by six tenths uh, around this windy circuit. That's a heck of a difference on a little circuit like this, isn't it? Yeah, again, the Australian driver has seemed to out-trump the Dutch. He's, he's a New Zealander, isn't he, Mitch? Great support from the crowd. Uh, really appreciative. is also the sound of Formula E. We're in the fan zone, which is an enormous area that takes up 50% of Excel, as far as I can tell. There are loads of things to do. The obvious drive the circuit virtually sort of thing. Uh, ABB have been showing us some of the projects that they've got going here. They took us into the pit lane and explained how the ABB chargers work. And they charge at 160 kilowatts that's for one car but you can charge two cars at 80 kilowatts so nowhere near as quick as i thought it might be but they still have plenty of time to put the energy in their cars between sessions so why over engineer a system when it will work for you perfectly well at uh, a reasonable pace you know without having to get into chilling cables and connectors because you're dumping 350 kilowatts in. Right. Keep it simple. Yeah, um, they've, ABB have got a, a program called Girls on Track, where they're trying to engage young women, young girls, with engineering. Now, this is something I've been involved with for many, many years in science, technology, engineering, and maths, STEM subjects. We need more diversity in motorsport. And that comes from representing 50% of uh, the demographic of the planet a little better than we have been doing up to now. How is it, Tykes? What's the vibe in the fan zone? The fan zone is uh, great vibes. We've got a mixture of uh, activities, people relaxing, charging their phones, beverages, video games. Yeah, there's something for everyone here, I believe. Yeah, noisy though, isn't it? Yeah, you can hear the screeching soles of the tyres. <laughs> the soles. As they're um, getting released. Yeah. Driving around the track. There's someone doing laps in, a, I think, an electric Fiat 500. It's a tiny circuit, barely much longer than the car itself, but they're giving people rides. That's fun. Uh, yeah, and I just did a reaction challenge thing where you have to hit the lights in 30 seconds, and uh, my, my score was 48 in 30 seconds, so... Is that good? We see, yeah, well, let's see if you can beat it. No, oh, not a hope. Should we have a go? Yeah. All right, all right, we're going to have a go. Where is it? Oh, I see. All right, so there is a... a reaction challenge test. Yeah, so there are, what, there are eight points, each numbered, and the trick is, is they light up to hit them, yeah? Yeah. And you've got to get all eight. You've got to just hit them as they come. Right, you're going to have to hold this for me while I do that. Right. Alright Gareth, let's see what you got. Pretty good, my go. Alright, so um, Gareth is now about to start the reaction timer. He gets 30 seconds to see how many points he can get. Uh, the kids in front of him got an average of about 30. I managed to score 48. 3, 2, 1, let's go Gareth, and go. Alright, it's a shaky start from the Welshman, but top right. It's a steady score so far half the time and he's got about 17 points here we go go on Gareth get into the swing of things <laughs> go on go on Seven. come on five seconds let's run one and he gets a score of 27 27 and 30 seconds 20, 27 in 30, 40, in 30 seconds. And how many do you get, Tykes? 34? 48. 48? Uh, and to give you an idea, like the drivers will be getting over 
over 60 just to give you a bit of a wow I'll never make it a racing driver then, that's what that tells me. This is for a, a podcast called Gareth Jones okay. on speed that I've been making for 19 years. Oh, wow. And we cover motorsport events. Yeah, What's your name? Um, I'm Claire, also known as Naked Warrior. I'm a performance coach and I work within motorsport. All right. So, yeah, you so kn- this is what I normally train my drivers and teams on. This is absolutely vital. And can you raise someone's natural performance? Yeah, by- we, we train them. There's different things that I do with them to train their reactions, to train their concentration, to train them physically as well so that they're concentration their focus lasts longer and also that they get distracted less and they'd also really have a look at their nutrition as well to make sure that they're eating yeah. right hydrating right and fueling themselves properly as well yeah thank you very much appreciate that good luck bye-bye hey i'm not even in the same league as you jones well i wanted to improve on 48 to be honest but <laughs> you're unhappy with that yeah, yeah. there's a performer for you <laughs> Psycho and I are back in the main grandstand on the start and finish straight. And apparently, this is it. They love hyping it up, don't they? Oh, gonna let some people through. Great name for a racing driver, isn't it? Norman. Lots of love for Sam. The bird call. Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn on his immaculate lawn. I like calling him Moffat Zan There's also that. One of the grumpiest people ever to be in Formula One, I believe, Pascal Verlein. This man hails from New Zealand. He It's not Mick Evans, it's much Evans, isn't it? Basic Mitch. Rastafari! Rene Rastafari. He's a legend because there's documentary evidence that he exists, you see. And in third place, the Hales of Switzerland, who represented visual racing, giving up for Sebastian Wally! Who was in A1 Grand Prix a long time ago. And he's done Le Mans. Yeah. And he's done F1. Yeah. He's, he's done the three. And he's a and champion in this, isn't he? He's, he's, yeah, he's the a real veteran. thing. He's a veteran. things look at the moment they've, they've got smoke machines they filled the track with smoke they had all the lights off on the track and the, all you could see was the blue lights of the cars we got the cars going out for the formation lap now they use music you can hear that constantly to hype things up because we don't have the sound of pre-revving engines right so you've got to fill that void Although Tycho and I earlier on were saying we'd rather listen to the sound of the electronics of the cars and the music. It's a bit distracting. But yeah, I get it why they do it. It's nicely packaged, the whole thing. 
This is an enormous grandstand. I don't know how many people are here. 60,000 or something? Don't know. No, not 60,000. Not 60,000? I would say 20,000. I wonder. Less. Over the weekend, maybe 60,000. Yeah, 30,000 people here. The grandstands are packed, as far as I can see. I don't know if there's any viewing outside in the circuit. We're poised now, wait for the lights to go green, for the cars to go off. Everybody's got their phones out. Come on, you Formula E. You want to see a British driver win it? Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Do. That's what we want. Well, look, I'd like it to be Sam Bird, personally, but it probably ain't going to happen. Car! <laughs> He's starting from, what, ninth, Sam Bird, was it? And they're off. first corner without an incident as far as we could tell and they've left the building they're outside now oh no no they're still in the building now they're outside how long before they come round in a lap what's the lap length here what, 120 130 110 110 probably 113 I'd say or 115 yeah. 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 at our race pace plenty of screens we can see what's going on as the Is dust it? gathers yeah falling quiet here you can definitely smell rubber yeah you can't, you, there's not really the normal smells of a motor race which you know the oil and the uh, uh, petrol. Yeah. You can smell rubber right now. Yeah. Okay, the safety car has, or the pace car has pulled in to the pit lane and here they come round the corner down the straight again. Listen. They're more like F zero cars, aren't they, than than road cars? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right, let's settle down and uh, see what's going on in the race. The crowd response is really quite something to hear. Wait until the whole field goes past again. You get a cheer for everyone as the car come past, and any kind of incident at the first corner, and you get a great roar from the crowd. So, one of the sounds of Formula E isn't necessarily the sound of the cars, but the crowd's reaction, which, I don't know, you, you go to motor races, you do hear crowd, but not quite as clearly as you do in a Formula E race. Here we go, here we go, listen. They come on to the start finish straight now. Whoa! Yeah. Um, on two wheels. I think Cassidy just overtook Boemi. Whoa! I think. Two envisions are on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. As they come through the first sector, the fact that the dogs are still ahead of Oh, yeah, oh, he's under the wheel. Oh. The front wing's under Cassidy's wheel now. They're about to put right in front of us. That's going to be a good shot. We are directly opposite the Envision team pit. Cassidy will come in, get his new front wing. He's managed to keep it on the circuit. It's dragging behind the front wheel, jammed on the aero by one of the side pods. Still driving. In he comes into the pit now, we can see him in the pit entrance. 
reach down the pit lane at walking pace it feels like how quick are the team going to be let's see in he comes wheel stop now that looks like they're going to no they are going to change the front wing the pace at which he came in suggested they were going to retire him but no car is rolling around there's no lock on the wheel when they put the front wing on they push the car back they're checking underneath yes they've sent him out well still in it huge bit of wing right in the middle of the circuit oh that's bad oh double crash into that wing right in the yeah. middle of the circuit one of the Porsches I think flag. out comes the safety car and everyone breathes for a minute as the cars go by speed control Mitch Evans leading Wavy second this is great really is you know I have been critical of Formula E in the past but I think they've come a long way in recent years the generation 3 cars have really changed things they are properly dramatic they sound good they look good the racing's good they're on top of each other beautifully packaged I remember when I first came to Formula E thinking that the garages that they used that were all tents looked terrible but now they've got proper garages well here anyway because they're indoors nicely packaged looks good it's got to look slick and it does look slick Cars are still under full course yellow how long before we get racing again it's going to be another lap of the safety car at least one of the Mahindras leaves the pit Mahindra by the way developing their electric car technology here Mahindra own Automobili Pininfarina so the Pininfarina Batista which actually runs on I think a Rimats platform is it a Rimats platform if I remember that right I think it is but there'll certainly be a crossover from Mahindra's Formula E learnings, as they say, which they will apply to not only their Pininfarina Automobili cars, but any Mahindra electric vehicle sold around the world too. And there they go, quietly past us again. You can't even hear them now. They're behind the safety car. It's got to come in this lap, surely. They look great under the lights, particularly the DS cars, which got lots of gold on them that reflect. It's really glitzy. And they use lights on the car really well. You know, the blue light over the driver's head, the red lights at the rear. It makes it look electric, doesn't it? The cars are real good. Yeah, they are. They really are. But I think also, you know, when you've got a track which is indoors or floodlit, yeah. cars always look better, you know, in yeah. one and... Abu yeah. Dhabi and um, Singapore, Singapore yeah. yeah it makes them look glossy doesn't it yeah, yeah. yeah hang on yeah the safety car is still leading them say I want to hear the breakaway the roar is because there'll be a crunch at the first corner again you can guarantee it guarantee it something that caught me out was that they have a standing start in Formula E I thought that they had uh, I, I mean I've watched it recently <laughs> uh, clearly I wasn't paying attention I thought they did rolling starts but they do a standing start at the start of the race it makes sense though with all that instant talk yes absolutely yeah yeah you can do that so it looks like the championship won't be settled today because of the position of Jake Dennis at the moment. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You never know what might happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a long race. Still got 20 laps. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we'll see. If it goes down to the end of the race and it's not settled today, then that's great for the championship. It's very yeah. exciting. But it, if it is, then that will also be very exciting. Yeah. And they're off. Oh, 
ball safely through the first, left, right, everybody made it. I was predicting that there was going to be entanglement. I was wrong. Quantum entanglement. And off they go at race pace again. We are 30 laps into this 36 lap race now and we're under safety car conditions again and an MGZS has just gone out on the track. Is that a medical car? Didn't look like a medical car, didn't have lights on it. Might be. Yeah, because who was it who just hit the barrier there? One of the Nissans, was it? But looked like someone boosted straight into the barrier. We're watching a replay now of one of the Andretti cars fighting his way through a very... He's passing in a really tight place. Is this where it goes wrong? Michael Andretti swearing in the pit lane. <laughs> oh dear, he looks very fed up. He's gone home, he's taken his headphones off and he's gone round the back. Oh dear. Poor Michael Andretti. cars go past behind the safety car there's one of one of them running without a wing why did he not fit I think his wing just fell off what was that I think they describe XL as Monaco on the Thames now don't they it is a very windy tight uncompromising circuit rather like Monaco not quite as glamorous as Monaco but uh, East London Monaco East London Monaco yeah Monaco mate Monaco Monaco the cars are all bunched up now I think they're going to get released there's the use of the music again wow can Jake Dennis make up those two places in five laps I don't think he can oh just watch someone punt into the barriers. Who is that? Is that Pascal Verline? I think it might be, yeah. It is Verline. Oh. Ouch. you got to go around the corner, mate. <laughs> yeah, always go around it. Don't go shortcutting. Jaguar, Envision, McLaren. Oh. The, yeah, the McLaren is dragging its front wing. Why have they not pitted it? They're not allowed to pit them, the safety car. Excuse my language. Surely they need to... Well, absolutely, two of them. Both the McLarens. Is that the other McLaren? Yeah, I think it is. Both got wings trapped under the bodywork. And they're still going round. Oh, quiet in the McLaren pit. Is the pit lane closed? That's what I want to know. Is that why they're not allowed in? But surely that's a safety issue. You have to be able to pit if you've got a front wing missing off your car. You have to. Red flag. Wow. Well, the lights have just gone red. Right. Those listening. So they'll pit all the cars, reform a dummy grid, and we'll get a sprint for the last four laps. You should be excited, Yeah, I love a red flag. All the cars have come into the pit now. There's no track action and it's interesting watching a race indoors because you kind of notice different sounds that you hear when you're outside a race circuit one of the McLarens came in dragging its wing it made a heck of a noise didn't it scraping along the ground and the audience participation is extraordinary the cars come into the pits everybody cheers that they're in the pits that's kind of sweet right there are lots of kids here lots of women here aren't there extraordinary number of women for a motor race I'd say 50% right good very good 
Well, they seem very relaxed in the pit lane. There's no immediate hurry to get these cars turned round and out there. But when they do... Towards 35-40% women. Yeah, 40%. I wouldn't disagree. It's close to 50%, but not 50%. Yeah, well, judging from our sample around here and the people we've seen walking around, which has got to be a good thing, right? And the entirely male pit crews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the crews. Actually, why doesn't Formula E do what extreme e does and have two drivers one male one female no reason why they don't no reason why formula one doesn't do it either formula e is very good at fan engagement keeping stuff going on when there's nothing going on on the track earlier on we had a performance of a song by what was her name ellie what i think i believe it was ella air ella air who sadly not on my radar but bashed out a song for us in a karaoke style on the stage above the pits and also they have this thing wait if you look at the screens there's a barcode on there that you can scan opens up a web page where you can connect your phone to the screen and audience members get to appear on the big screen Taco and I were queuing up earlier on but we never made the screen did we we weren't pretty enough <laughs> well I wasn't you were They kept us waiting for, I think, what must have been 10 or 15 minutes. We've noticed that one of the Mahindras is going out for the last few laps without his front wing. Because as Tycho observed, if he'd come into the pit and changed his wing, it would have broken Park Ferme rules, and he would have had to start from the back. So it's more advantage for him to try and continue without front wing and retain position than it would be to lose all the positions and try and fight your way back. No hope of doing so. Interesting. Interesting. So all the cars have now left the pit lane and they're being guided around. Now, will they be released on the first lap? Are we going to get a rolling start? We are, I think. A rolling start as the safety car pulls in. Here we go. Mitch Evans will lead the pack. Wayne second. Jake Dennis in. Sorry, Jake Dennis in fourth. In third, that is. Who's that? Who's that? I was doing my homework. Oh, of course. Thank you, Tikes. Antonio Felix Costa. Yeah. Who showed us around the garage earlier. Yeah. I forgot he was driving Porsche. I focused on Pascal Verline. Here, Here we go. Listen to the crowd. It's a good sound, isn't it? Hey? Well, here we go. We're going to continue for the next three laps. Are we going to make it all the way to the end without another yellow flag? In this final section of this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, we go live, if you like, for the last three laps of this race. Although, I'm guessing, are they going to add time? It says four laps. Four laps, okay, so they've added... I mean, the red flag probably took away time, didn't it? Yeah. And they add 45 seconds for every minute that they're under the safety car, I believe. Excitement is it's like Jake Dennis getting a position. He's up to third. He's in the champion position. I said this. Oh my gosh! It is going to happen. Jake Dennis, yeah. Tight squeeze there. Stevens, 
Jake Dennis is looking rather good. He is all over the Costa. Right on his tail. Oh, and there is an incident. Is that one of the McLarens? Yeah, one of the McLarens is in the wall, so another front wing gone. So, we're going to get a local yellow or a full course. I think they're going to go for local yellows, aren't they? The top three. Oh! What? What? The Nissan, there's a right pile up somewhere. Another red flag. Wow! A complete car jam. Three cars, three lead cars went by. Everybody else has jammed solid on the track. No way past. So, reset for the last two laps. Oh, no. It's so funny. They keep showing replays here. And every time they pull out to reveal the shot of all the cars jammed on the corner by Norman Natto's wisdom of pitching for a corner that wasn't his, taking his front wing off and jamming the entire circuit, cuts the shot of all the cars in a car park and the entire venue laughs. It just looks ridiculous. Oh dear, that's embarrassing. But hey, Michael Andretti appears to be smiling on screen again now. We still haven't got the cars recovered into the pit. The safety car is waiting at the pit exit. But no sign. The marshals are working frantically to unpick the cars from each other, all tangled up. And I don't suppose you can push a Formula E car very easily. They weigh about 900 kilos. Right, they've got all the undamaged cars moving again. They're coming into the pits. They're clearing the last couple now as they try and push Norman Natto's car back. And once again, a Jaguar comes into the pit this time without a front wing. Hey, who needs front wings, right? <laughs> Come on, I couldn't have put it better myself. The cars are out on the circuit behind the safety car. When they come through here, they will be released for the final two laps of the 2023 penultimate round of the Formula E Championship. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, they're going into the pits. What? They've brought the cars into the pits again. And Mitch Evans takes the lead. Okay, so... I'm not entirely certain why that happened. Perhaps because the leaders did more laps. What, what was he, Tykes? No front wing on... I don't yeah. know which car that is. Was that a Jaguar? Yeah, sure. Jag, black and white, yeah. But it looked kind of funny. Yeah. It looked a lot smaller without the front wing. There are at least two cars running without front wings. It can't be that useful. It's quite a short track. It's, it's quick, but it's not super high downforce. Yeah. 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 So it's probably just better to hold a bit of track position. Yeah. I think they produce most of their grip from mechanical grip from the tyres and possibly the underbody I don't know how much the upper surfaces of the vehicle is making a difference but his balance is going to be all over the place and he might get past at the first corner let's see let's see alright once again they go around we're running out of laps I bet there's going to be another crash 
Yeah. The, bet the drivers is. just aren't in that kind of mood today, you know. And I mean? if you've got cars running without front wings, that raises the chance of that, right? Nothing to lose. Chaos. Here we go. We're on the outside back straight where we were watching earlier on. I can see in the screen now they run alongside the DLR track. And Mitch Evans is leading the pack. He's going to try and get away from them as quick as he can. Here we go. Here we go. The safety car pulls into the pits. The first car appears at the start of the first corner, the last corner. Wait, now. Here they come. Well, we got away with that pass without any crunching at the first corner. But can they keep it on the black stuff and out of the wall despite having no wings on the couple of cars? Ridiculous. And an incredible achievement if you can. So, the running at the moment. Evans, De Costa, Dennis, Guaymi, Nato, Bird, Seti Camera, and Degrassi and Dan Tickton in 10th sweary Dan Tickton here they come again now there is a bump on the outside of the circuit where the cars leap over and their rear wheels leave the ground as they go over it I mean, it's quite a roller coaster ride Jake Dennis still running in third. Have I understood it? If he finishes in third, has he got the championship? Yeah. He's got it. Wow. They're holding their breath in the Andretti garage. They've all got their arms around each other. What a difficult day for them. Come on, Michael Andretti, you need some good luck. Didn't have much luck when he was in Formula One. It doesn't look like Andretti had been warmly welcomed into the world of Formula One. So let's wish him well. They're in trouble in IndyCar at the moment as well, but let's wish him well in Formula E. It's a team with a good bit of heritage. They deserve a win. Lap 36. You can see them coming in. There we go now. Dennis going to lose his third place. It'll be hard Wait, he's trying. Yeah. Wait, he is trying. Oh, this is this is terrific stuff. His girlfriend looks stressed. Yeah, yeah. They're all the pits. They are. Their faces. They don't look comfortable. It's so close for them now. He's done it, yeah. Oh, that's done it. All he has to do. He doesn't even have to hold position now because the Costas got a penalty, putting him behind. Everyone's standing. We're going to stand for the last lap. Mitch Evans wins. Jake Dennis, champion. Congratulations. And we'll leave it there. And I can recommend, if you love motorsport, whether it's internal combustion engine or it's electric, come and see a Formula E race. And I recommend seeing it at XL. Let Enjoy me wrap it. this one up. Let me come wrap on. this one up. I've been Tycho. He's been Gareth. <laughs> And this has been Gareth Jones on speed. And Tycho Jones on speed. At the London E3, beautifully done, Jones. Thanks for listening, guys. See you for the next show.
For information on how to contact the show, see pictures, get song lyrics, follow us on Twitter, find our Facebook fan page, or to sponsor the show, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Wizbang. Gareth Jones!